Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request. I'm your host, Justin Lamb, and this is episode 162 with my friend, Courtney. I have lots to say about this interview, but I'm not going to do that at the beginning. I'm still going to waste your time with this little ramble about me not saying something, but (laughs) other than that, I will let you get to the episode and get to know my friend Courtney. So without further ado, getting repetitive here, here's my friend Courtney. You and I have lots in common, my request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? Hello. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) This is so wild. I feel like I'm already in the podcast. Yeah, you'll get used to it. (laughs) I don't know that I will. (laughs) Sure you will. Um, Well, it ends up just, it's, I mean, just having a conversation and then... Hopefully you're not lost in the fact that yeah. uh, there's a fun little fact. I hope it's a fact. I mm-hmm. heard it. I haven't read any studies, <laughs> but with headphones in this like scenario, mm-hmm. you interrupt less because the person's like presently. You can hear the <laughs> they're, cues they're more. In your voice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I'm sure I interrupt a lot. That feels like it would be true. <laughs> but I normally start with how I know people. Mm-hmm. I know you from first semester grad school. Yes. Diversity. Yes. What a journey. That feels like a a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, I brought this up with Shay, Mm -hmm. how that side, like I was intimidated by that side of the room because the room was like split. Really? And I felt like that was like the cool kid side of the room. Really? That's so funny. I felt Um, like a little baby. Like I felt like... Yeah. Wow, I'm really here. I definitely did not know I was on the cool side. That's fun. There you go. <laughs> all, you, all you young hip people. Evan was over there with his beard. Yeah. That's like, uh, no. <laughs> Listeners love this part. Uh, Cut that yeah, out. <laughs> that's right. I, I met you. And um, other than like in passing, I don't think we really communicated much. No. And then we had our group therapy class together. Yeah. And what a fantastic vulnerable shit show that was that i love so much yeah it was um and and here we are here we are (laughs) yeah so let's go back in time okay um and i'm really excited about this because i do know obviously like chunks about you Mm -hmm. (laughs) um including that you have lived all over the place yes and i kind of i'm very curious to dive into that but yeah so let's go all the way back you're born i'm born do you have siblings I do. I have one older sister. How much older? Three oh, years. Wait, I did know this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the fucking three years. Uh, it's not a good. Yeah, me and my brother. It's not a good number of years no. apart. It's a weird uh, commonality though. Lately, I, I think most people I've talked to, it's a three-year yeah. age difference. Yeah, and it's a weird one because I feel like it's far enough apart that developmentally you're fairly different. Yeah. Growing up but close enough together that everyone thinks you should be friends. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't work. Yeah, the annoying uh, thing of everyone in your life being like, oh, you guys got to hang out. You mm-hmm. gotta... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I dealt with that my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Definitely. frustrating. It is frustrating. And then you get older and, and the age gap seems even smaller, but it's still like, it's still your older fucking. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so true. And my sister is like my best friend now. Yeah. 
but we both had to move out of the house and different sides of the country for that to happen, <laughs> which I'm sure we'll talk about. Yeah. But well, yeah. let's yeah, let's let's go there. Where are you born? I was born in Illinois, Chicago okay. suburbs. Okay. Lived there until I was 14. Oh wow. Yeah. So formative years there. Yeah. Even more questions. Yeah. <laughs> so you're super cool. Um, <laughs> oh, really? I mean, I assume so. Chicago suburbs, uh, you want to get specific? I'm curious. Is it like north, south, west, east? West. Okay. Glen Ellen. Okay. Illinois. Yeah. Born in Lombard. Moved to Glen Ellen when I was three. <laughs> okay. Ten minutes away from where I was born. Very How big close move. is that to downtown? Ooh. Probably like a half an hour. Okay. I think. Did you spend a lot of time in downtown? Yeah, we used to go pretty frequently. Uh, Holidays, birthdays, things. I mean, not like every weekend, but definitely we'd go down for like shows. and. Do you ever think back like, oh man, what would that have looked like if I didn't leave Chicago at 14? Because I feel like teenager, you would just Oh my God, all the time. (laughs) I think about that all the time. I think my life would be completely different had we stayed there for a lot of reasons. Yeah. But- I'm glad we moved. Okay. I didn't. I was not glad when it happened yeah. at all because I was about to start high school yeah. and I was pissed that it was like time to go to Connecticut. Like, yeah. Where the hell is Connecticut? No one's from Connecticut. <laughs> I say that loving Connecticut, but like at the time, I was like, I've never fucking heard of this place. Fucking Connecticut. <laughs> fucking Connecticut. Um, what uh, What did mom and dad do when you were born? What are they doing for? Work, so. Life? At that time, my dad was working for an asphalt company. He was like number two-ish in the company or something, kind of like organizing all the projects. So he wasn't out paving driveways. He was running the the ship. Yeah. Okay. Um, Very demanding job. Um, I remember like he would leave at like 4 a.m. Because all that stuff starts really early. So he'd have to make sure like the trucks get out, all the employees are there, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he wouldn't get home till like 6 p.m. Like oh, wow. really, really demanding hours. Um, my mom worked from home as a contractor for a cable company. Oh, okay. Um, so she did that up until we moved to Connecticut. So she was home my entire childhood, okay. essentially. So. And that did that function as like she was able to be involved but also working? Yeah. Kind of, okay. <laughs> so that's a funny thing is she used to work – from our dining room table. So yeah. me being like five years old, I'd be like, mom, 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 mom. I'd like run into the dining room wanting to talk to her. My mom has an insane ability to just ignore people when she's working. And it was always like, okay, mom's working. I have to like come back later. So she was around, but she was yeah. like at work still. Yeah. So it was a very like interesting. Boundaries, Courtney. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely with the boundaries. It was an interesting dynamic when you're five and don't understand that. Yeah. What so. do you? What are what are some of your earlier memories uh, being at home, like either with your parents or your sister? Or... Um, earlier memories. Like, do you remember the move? You said you moved when you were three. To yeah. Well, so I always kind of say that that's like my first memory. Is uh-huh. I very vividly remember sitting sitting in the back seat of my grandma's car next to my teddy bear that was like bigger than me, and pulling into the house, and my grandma being like, "This is where you live now," and I was like, "What?" And then I remember. <laughs> running inside and wanting to pick bedrooms and i remember my parents being like your sister gets the bigger bedroom because she's older and i was like what the fuck is this i was so pissed <laughs> which ends up being a, a theme then you're carrying that with right you. <laughs> then that's like a foundational memory yeah um 
So that's what I remember from that. And then, I mean, just growing up, we spent a lot of time outside. It was really cool because our house was um, at the end of a cul-de-sac and okay. there were like 10 other kids who oh, lived yeah. there. So like very, like <laughs> feels like very like wonder years, like 1960s, yeah, yeah. kind of like, I don't know. We'd all just kind of congregate outside do and it was really stuff. safe. Do kids stuff. Yeah. What did, what did the neighborhood kids get up to at that time? <laughs> <laughs> we used to play Chicago, which was basically like cops and robbers, okay. but with pedestrians. And so me being the youngest, I would be a pedestrian on my little scooter. And okay. then one of the boys would come knock me over, take my scooter, and then I'd have to go get the cops. To <laughs> go get my Just mimicking crimes. <laughs> okay. It was fun, though. Chicago is a game where you pretend you're on the streets of Chicago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very intense for eight-year-olds, yeah. but who cares? All right, who's going to play the helpless victim? <laughs> wow. Courtney is. Okay. We'll push her over. <laughs> that's funny. That's a whole new level of cops and robbers. Mm -hmm. um, that's funny. Yeah. Well, that's But that sounds like a fun place to grow up with all the other people around you like the age group was pretty similar yeah or? i mean we all went to elementary school together it was probably nice. a spread of like five years nice. um it was really fun i mean we would we were within walking distance of both the elementary school and the middle school so it would be kind of like a gaggle of kids all walking together and yeah it was a really good environment to yeah. grow up in what's sure. your relationship like with dad if he's like working I mean, I imagine outside work is just got to sleep at that point. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Those are long hours. Well, that's that's kind of funny you say that because I definitely remember that when I was a kid, I remember he'd come home and he'd immediately like take a nap. And I remember being like, dad, 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 dad. But like, can't talk to dad right now because he's asleep. Um, like I said, that job was very high stress and it was causing a lot of tension, I think, for my parents yeah. because my mom's home all day also working. Um, and with kids. And with the and kids. With Courtney just being like, And mom, with mom, Courtney mom. <laughs> trying to get attention, as per usual. Um, and so when I was maybe in sixth grade, he left that job. He okay. quit. Um, my parents were, like, fortunate enough to be in the position that my mom's job could fully support them. Um, so then he was kind of like a stay-at-home dad for a few years there. Um, and, I mean, that's when it all turned around. I feel like I'd... I've always been really tight with my dad. I yeah. love my dad, but like I definitely don't remember getting super close with him until he quit that job. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If it's not how you can get close, he's not around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You mentioned sixth grade. Is that what's that transition like into junior high? <sighs> dramatic. <laughs> Go so on. dramatic. <laughs> I was a very, very dramatic tween. Can you elaborate? Yeah. On that? I mean, just like I had a group of friends it was like we all liked the same guy kind of thing mm -hmm. it was like stupid middle school relationships heavy on the air quotes yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. constant just like fighting with my friends okay. for this guy like so stupid is it true girls are the meanest in middle school oh god yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah, I'm sure that that guy had absolutely no idea any of this was going on. And yeah. there's just like all this crazy fighting with my friends. It's funny because the girl that I fought with the most at the time is like my lifelong diehard best friend now. Yeah. So like it all now works you guys out, get to laugh right? About it. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, I just wasn't super focused on school at the time. I was very focused on the drama and boys and boys. <laughs> um, do you have extracurriculars or anything? 
Yeah, I was in choir. I was in orchestra. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Music kid. Yeah. Same Z's. Um, what else did I play? Tennis. Okay. Tennis big in Chicago suburbs. No, for okay. me it was. It was like literally the only sport that I liked. I, okay. I remember trying like maybe 10 different sports when I was a kid. I would make it like two weeks and I'd be like, mom, I hate this. And she'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about relationship with your sister, like before moving to Connecticut, like you're yeah. getting into junior high. I would say my relationship with my sister is like the foundation for who I am as a person, <laughs> truthfully. Um, it was very competitive. My sister is downright beautiful, just absolutely gorgeous. And... I very distinctly remember, like, she, of course, went through her awkward stage with her braces and stuff like that. And then I remember she got her braces off, cut her hair, all of a sudden was, like, a teenager. Like, a, a very, like, well-rounded, social, likable teenager. Yeah. Um, and I just remember her getting, like, a lot more attention from family members. Like, positive attention. And I think that made me very loud and grumpy in response because I was going through three years, right? I was going yeah. through my awkward phase while she was kind of like butterflying. So it was I have so tense. many questions. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> um, well, first, was there any sense of you that's like, you know, at that age, um, I, th I imagine this happens more for girls than boys, mm -hmm. but like you see a beautiful movie star or something and you're like, Oh, this person, oh, they're so beautiful and stuff. Did you feel that way about your sister? Oh, yeah. Okay. And it was one of those things where I wanted to be super close to her, yeah. but had the emotional intelligence of a rat and had, like, no idea how to actually do it. So, like, I very, very, very vividly remember a time when it was like I was trying to put on makeup for the first time. And here's my beautiful sister who always puts on makeup, looks so lovely. And I remember going into her room and being like, oh my God, please, like, show me how you do your makeup, blah, blah, blah. And she basically was like, get the hell out of here. I don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> Typical older sister. Uh -huh. And then I remember, like, trying to figure it out myself. And I, like, put on, like, a crap ton of eyeliner. Like, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I go downstairs for dinner and she just demolishes me like makes fun of me so hardcore and like not to be like this dramatic about it but i feel like that was the moment where i was like okay then fuck you yeah. like we're yeah. done right like yeah. i felt very competitive and so what it kind of became is that she was really social um had a lot of friends had boyfriends stuff like that but she wasn't the best in school. Not bad. Definitely not bad. But like BC student. But you're like, so I'm going to be. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think that's kind of when my relationship with school went like a little crazy town. Because that's where I got the positive feedback was like, oh, Courtney's the smart one. Yeah. So. Was there a. Because I imagine in a like a child's brain. Mm -hmm. If you're like, hey, she like got pretty and now she has all this attention. Mm -hmm. Did you start putting a lot into looks like oh, a yeah. lot of weight and looks? Did that develop anything yeah. like, unhealthy here? Oh, totally. I mean, that's probably the most unhealthy thing that's happened to me in middle school or just in general with my relationship to eating, which is like okay. not an issue now. But I once again, heavy on the air quotes, went through a chubby phase when I was like in fifth and sixth grade. Um, and that was right around the time when she was like 
really coming out of her shell. And so I did not eat breakfast or lunch for two years of middle school to like try and like get skinny and yeah. then it worked. Right. So then that's like implanted as like. Was she uh, bullying you for. No, I mean, her. not really. I can't really blame all of that on her. Yeah, there's no, a, there's a lot. That's of... a projection question. <laughs> believe me. There's um, a lot of body image stuff with my family. That is very okay. much so a theme okay. generationally with my family. So I think it kind of came from that. My grandmother is also beautiful, very into looks. Um and I remember just she would compliment my sister all the time of like, oh, you look so skinny. You look so nice and that blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so then that directly communicated to me like, OK, well, I need to be that if I want grandma to love me, which yeah. is like that's how disordered eating happens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like it's interesting. I'm glad it's not an issue for yeah. me anymore, um, mostly because I had back surgery when I was 14. I don't know that I've ever told you that. Is this before or after the move? In the middle. Stop in Cleveland <laughs> Clinic on your way to Connecticut? No, we literally moved to Connecticut June after my eighth grade year and went back to Chicago in August for my back surgery. So talk about stress in a family unit. That was crazy. So there's a lot right there. There's right? a lot to unpack so, there. First, going from like a different school, yeah, like uh, middle school to high school, mm -hmm. sucks in general. Yeah, but to like be like, oh, you're going to a different state, no, yeah. no friends at all, twelve hours away. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you remember like finding out that was happening? What was your reaction to that? Yeah, so this in general was like probably the most stressful period of my family's history ever um basically what happened is my mom's job they were like we're transitioning this instead of being contract work it's going to be out of the headquarters in connecticut my mom was the sole earner at this point and had not been in an office for 15 years so for her it was like okay i'm either gonna like take my same salary and we're gonna move to connecticut and i'm gonna get office experience again or very very scary like unemployed yeah that's not a good situation either while this is happening i won't say too much about this but my sister was dating someone who struggled with substance use bad toxic situation um like your sister's towards the end of high school she's 17 at this yeah. point so she was in her junior year um so that's happening right and then on top of it, we find out that I need back surgery. I had scoliosis. I had a 72-degree okay. curve in my lower spine and a 54-degree curve in my upper spine. Was, was that like just like... Real wavy. When did you find... Was it something you struggled with as, as a kid? So or that's like what's... Okay. One day you were like, hey guys, what's going on back here? Yeah, this is like super disorganized in how I'm telling this story. Oh, right. But my mom had the same surgery when she was 12. Oh, okay. Um, so my mom had always looked for it in both of us. And what's funny is my sister had like a 20 degree curve. Um, and what's normal? No degree curve. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Basically, they will put you in a brace at 25 degrees. Okay. At 50 degrees, they talk surgery. So mine was 74. I'm in a book at the hospital Ooh, mine was so bad she fancy <laughs> um 
So my mom had always been looking for it and really didn't have me on the radar at all. It had never been a problem. And then I had a huge growth spurt, except I didn't grow. My spine curved. Wow. Um, so I remember it's also odd because normally the curves are in your upper spine only. Um, but my big curve was in my lower spine. So it was like moving my rib cage. Yeah. It hurt. <laughs> so I remember being like, mom, you know, like my back feels like not great. And she was like, okay, like touch your toes. And she was like, oh my God. And we went to the doctor. It was like a period of three months that this had all happened. Like very crazy. Um, so, I mean, all of these things are happening at once yeah. in our family. And then to make matters worse, like my parents didn't want to pull us out of school in the middle of the year. So my mom was living out in Connecticut during the week and was flying home every Jesus. weekend yeah for three months so like it was very intense so what that looked like for me is like all of that drama shit i was interested in not at all anymore now it was all of a sudden like okay i'm not about to not have any friends i also have to start school late because i'm getting my surgery in august so i think i started like a monthly and i could only go half days yeah. for like the entire first semester because i wasn't my whole spine had just been rearranged um, very hard time making friends freshman what did, year. But before we get to high school, yeah. what did that look like with your friends in Chicago? Was it like, because I imagine that can go one of two ways, right? You could be like super sad, hey guys, I'm leaving, or yeah. can, you can like push them away so it doesn't suck as it, much. It was the super sad, I'm uh. leaving. Um. Like I said, my best friend from the time is still my yeah, best yeah. friend now. Um, I think everyone was really sad to see me go. This is going to sound super weird, but a benefit of the surgery is I had to come back to Chicago yeah, very frequently for, sure. for checkups. Um, so I was able to maintain a lot of those friendships through high school, seeing them all yeah. every once a in a while. Little back visits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little back visits. Also, I get to see my friends. Um I mean, eventually that fades, right? Like, I'm only friends with one of them now. But yeah. it was it was really sad at the time. It yeah. was hard. So you get to Connecticut. I get to Connecticut. What's what's this new life like? Your sister's not in that relationship because yeah. you guys have moved, right. if nothing else. Right. Uh, your mom has this job where she's gone all day. Yes. Your dad's home with you. Yes. You have nobody right. socially. <laughs> what is that like? Talk, about, talk to me about that. <laughs> um, so to make matters worse, where we moved is a very bizarre place. It is a very white, affluent place. We moved there because of the schools. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what part of Connecticut? Fairfield County. Okay. Ridgefield. Have you ever seen Stepford Wives? Um, yes. That town is based on the town next to mine. Nice. And it's literally like that. It's bizarre. Um, very different than Chicago suburbs. Yeah. Right. I mean, so with that, it was like the school was really high pressure. I did not relate to the people at all because it was like. Is it fuck? very like New England? Everyone wants oh, to go yeah. to Harvard and. Shit oh, yeah. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I can't remember. There was like some term for it in my school. But basically every year, one kid would get into every single Ivy. It was very intense. I want to know what that's called so bad. <laughs> I know. I'll ask my friends. I'll update you. Douchebag. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it was basically like picture your most pretentious boarding school, except it was the public school. Um, 
that ends up being really good for me, right? Like it, I felt adequately challenged during that time. I really excelled in that school, not the first year, but after I kind of got recovered from back surgery and like started making friends. Um, That first year we were there though, it was like, where the fuck am I? Like, where did my parents just move me to? It's also like, I didn't even get the benefit of, oh, hey, there's a new kid. Let's all go talk to her because there were two middle schools that fed into the same high school. So nobody knew each other. Yeah, yeah. nobody knew each other. And I think kind of just assumed I was from the other school. Yeah, um, yeah that's a tough position to be in. It was a wild time. And I wasn't the most outgoing. I was very anxious. I mean, yeah. I had a lot going on. <laughs> so yeah. like, it was very hard for me to put myself out there and try and like, Plus, I'm only going half days, right? And I would flip when I was, like, there in the morning and in the afternoon. Why are you going half days? I didn't have the stamina to, like, sit in class all day because of my surgery. So it was like, okay, I can sit next to someone in English class and be like, hey, what's up? And then an entire day goes by before. You know what I mean? It's like there's just no consistency there. And I'm sure everyone was like, what is with that girl? What's with this chick? I also was, like, severely underweight at that point because of the back surgery. Um so I'm sure I just looked was like this a, a back surgery plus combo of no breakfast, lunch. I stopped that once the surgery happened. Yeah. It was, I grew three inches during that back surgery once I got straightened out. And then obviously when you're on painkillers for two months, you don't eat a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure I just looked like a walking skeleton who was only there half the yeah. time. I'm sure other mean like, teenagers were like, <laughs> yeah, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, we don't want to talk to her. And I didn't relate to any of them at all so it it took me a while to finally decide to like okay i gotta make friends at this point like gotta talk to someone what Um, was do you remember is there like an impetus to that happening i don't i i know it happened like later on this is so fucked up actually now that i think about it um i remember sitting next to a girl in one of my classes and (laughs) their friend who was also named Courtney had just moved away and I literally remember her being like you're gonna be our replacement Courtney love this and I was like okay and then like fell into that friend group and that's like wild right that someone literally was like oh we need to replace our friends so like you're fine um still friends with them all (laughs) love them all but yeah I think I mean, it was mostly her that, like, I finally felt comfortable enough to talk to someone. I was in school, like, regularly at this point, too, and had mostly healed. Um, um, can yeah. I just say, completely throw you off here, but yeah. all I can think about right now is between the Stepford Wives stuff <laughs> and the, like, you're going to be the new Courtney. Yeah. I'm like... 90s teen horror movies are yeah. playing in my head right That's kind of how it felt. I'm not even going to lie. Oh, man. It was bizarre and i i only have like vague memories of it too because i was on so many painkillers like that for a reason right like my whole spine had just been rearranged (laughs) still funny though that i'm just like walking around like this skinny ass little 14 year old like in this weird tripped out like where am i kind of fog yeah uh, um i would normally ask this and associate it with middle child Mm -hmm. but you're not a middle child but i'll ask it anyway just (laughs) because Your family just was going through so much stuff. Yeah. At that age, what did you feel like your role was in the family? Um, I felt like that's a 
that's a good and complicated question. I felt like I was kind of the one that everyone felt bad for and needed to take care of. Um, when we moved, my sister, once again, social, butterfly, beautiful, did absolutely great. I mean, she was only there for her senior year, but she made a lot of friends right off the bat. Um, wasn't in that relationship, so just started doing a lot better. And so I, like, my dad was home taking care of me. Um, I definitely just remember a lot of the concern being about me yeah. and my well-being. That's a, which is a weird script flip, right? Yeah. Because you talked earlier about like I want attention. Yes. <laughs> and then now you have this attention, you're like, this isn't the end. I don't know. Yeah. No. Exactly. Because I mean, like, it, it's not fun to feel sickly. Yeah. Yeah. Like I just really wanted to like be a person and like do my thing and go back to like just being the smart kid that like enjoyed classes and stuff and it was it was hard but also you know not to sound like crazy but kind of nice to get that attention in a way too that it's like okay glad everyone's concerned about me that like helps some of that narrative I had going before um but yeah yeah there's a lot (laughs) yeah yeah that's uh and then what was your day-to-day pain level I definitely a lot of pain. You don't technically fully recover from that surgery until a year out. It's a long process because not to get in. Yeah, like not to get into the medical jargon, but they basically like nail titanium rods into your back and then your spine fuses around it. I'm sure I'm not telling that correctly because I'm not a doctor. So you have Um, titanium rods in your back right now? I do. Two of them. Yeah. So a lot of screws um but basically like that fusion process doesn't finish until a year out and even then like pretty painful like i i'm kind of discovering for the first time in my life that i actually think that i am someone that constitutes for like being in chronic pain um there's literally no way for my back to relax because it or to relax it's like forced in an upright position so like that's a thing um my tailbone hurts a lot because like the bottom three vertebrae aren't fused. And so like all the tension goes right there. You're looking at so me like, like I'm well, wild. No, <laughs> no, not at all. I'm wondering like, like right now. Yeah. If you had to like put your pain at a one through 10 and a one is nothing at all. One, uh, nothing at all that you remember. Nothing at That's all. That's what's hard like about 12. it. Yeah. That's what's hard about it is like I I got the surgery ten years ago. Yeah. That's why I'm like this is kind of a new real realization for me that it's like yeah, sure. oh like it's not normal for like if I sit at my desk for two hours my shoulders are like super in pain. Like I don't know if you've noticed this in class, but I'll like lean back all the way a lot because no, it's the only but that is a wonderful yeah. That's like the only <laughs> way to like relieve some of that tension yeah. is to like lean back really far. I'm sure you'll notice it now that I've said that. What, um, what on camera? Cause we don't have <laughs> classes in person. True. Um, <laughs> I would say right now it's a two cause this is a very nice comfy chair. Nice. Um, good job. In your but chair still collection. at a two. That sucks. Yeah. 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 If I'm at my most comfortable and it's still not a one, like that definitely sucks, but it's better than the alternative. Cause the alternative is my back well, yeah, is yeah, all yeah, twisty yeah. and I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> So. I mean, I think there's room for you to just be like, this sucks. And you don't mm-hmm. have to think about the alternative of your back being completely That's broken. true. That's true. I say that just because um, 
this is speeding up a little bit, but one of my jobs was actually working for a physical therapist who specialized in scoliosis. Um, so because I had had this surgery, I would talk to the girls a lot that ended up needing surgery. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I always give the caveat of like, but I'm still glad I did it because it's really scary oh, for sure. to go through that. But I really think it's worth it. And like there are, a f I can't bend my back. I'm in pain sometimes. But like, I think that's always why I give that little disclaimer because I don't ever want someone to decide not to do it because of that hesitation. Yeah, 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 for sure. And that's like back surgery in general is a scary concept. Oh my God, yeah. Regardless. I'm glad I was 14 because I was just doing what my parents told yeah. me to do. Like, I don't remember ever thinking like, they're about to move my spine. Like, I could yeah. be paralyzed in this process. I could not wake up from the anesthesia. Yeah. Like, there are so many things I could and go wrong. if it's wrong. today, you're like looking up articles being like, well, it yes. says like- <laughs> No, exactly. If I take, you know, uh, vitamin C four times a day that there's a possible- <laughs> Yeah, literally. You go down rabbit holes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, exactly. So better like, to do it as a kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it just sort of happened to yeah. me. Instead, let your parents of me. take that anxiety. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, tell me, rest of high school. What's do you end up continuing tennis in uh, Connecticut? No back surgery. Uh, oh yeah, demolish that one. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, um, I did continue choir. Um, high school was really good for me after yeah. that first year. I mean, like, I by no means was I, like, popular. Like I, But you filled in I, as the new Courtney. <laughs> yeah, I filled in as the new Courtney. I had my little group of friends. We're still super tight. Um, what did you guys do for fun? We would just hang out at each other's houses, go to Starbucks. Yeah. Really nothing notable. I, like, I was a very boring teenager. I did not drink. That's like, right. I didn't experiment with anything. Yeah. Like, I just hung out with my friends. Um I was extremely academically minded at this point, to a fault. Um, Why to a fault? Because I remember getting a C on a math test and having a full-blown meltdown in the hallway. And I remember my favorite teacher talking to me about it and being like, is this because you're afraid to tell your parents that you got a C? And I remember being like, no, it's because why can't I figure it out? And he was like, fuck, that landed me in the school counseling office. <laughs> like, Yeah, what do you think that, because it sounds like, just in that explanation, it wasn't your parents being like, you better be this. So wh where was that pressure coming from that you were putting on yourself? Um, I think it's what I could control, right? Yeah. Like going through back surgery and moving like that, what I could control is my grades and how much time I would put into it. Yeah. Um, high pressure school. Everyone got really good grades. Everybody was super academically minded. I mean, not everyone, right? Like, that, I'm sure there were people that were not excelling, but like, I was in honors classes. So it was like, it seemed like everyone around me who had grown up in this school system had way better tools than I did. Yeah. I felt like I had to work really hard. And so I remember with this math test, I had been working really hard and then it didn't pay off and it felt horrible. And I think a bit of it is going back to my sister once again. And like, that's how I got positive attention in my family was coming home with the good grades. Yeah. Um, also, I don't want to dismiss my parents' roles entirely. Like my dad has always been like, if I come home with an A, he's like, that's what you're supposed to do. Like he's not super like. Talk to my wife about that. Yeah. <laughs> same, same shit. Yeah. yeah. And it, that's tough because it's like, I just, just praise me. Right. Like I yeah. feel like I'm always seeking praise. Like just tell me I'm doing a good job because um, I guess a bit of what I didn't say, my parents are both 
very accomplished as well. Both of them have master's degrees. My dad was like super close to a PhD um, and then basically couldn't finish because we were born and other stuff too. It was like a whole thing. (laughs) Um, So I really felt like getting good grades and making sure I was on the right track was like, that was my job as a teenager was to be impressive in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Still true. (laughs) As you know, (laughs) Um, I'm curious about the control aspect that you Mm -hmm. mentioned, because is the, does the academic performance take over for the, was control an issue with the breakfast lunch situation? That's interesting. Because then when you stop doing that, then your control transitions to what can I control now? And that's your academic performance. That's really interesting. I've never thought about them as tied to control. Like, I'm sure well, they mention are. Because you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure they are. I feel like more so what it was is in that freshman year where I didn't have friends and I wasn't doing super great by all things on paper you know what I mean like I remember we used to have like free periods in this school so like I would go to the library during my free period and I would just do homework because I had no one else to talk to yeah so I think it was kind of more like I did it at that point because it was what I was capable of being good at that freshman that year you're developing your identity and you're yeah. like I guess my identity is academic yeah <laughs> and it, and I mean a lot of it comes naturally to me too like yeah. I've always just sort of been like a good student so I think it was like that was my outlet freshman year and then of course I got the praise so then it's like okay I'm gonna yeah. keep this up yeah. like I, I oh, like yeah. this yeah. <laughs> so I mean I think dopamine that's dopamine reward and, yeah yeah for sure I think that just like carried and definitely became my entire identity did you do academic extracurriculars student council honor stuff anything um, like that um I was the president of the gender equality club of course because why not <laughs> which sounds there were five of us they were all my friends um no i mean i just really did classes that okay. was kind of it it was kind of hard for me to be involved in school i don't know why i just didn't really want to like put myself out there very correct in assuming that college was just expected oh yeah yeah did your sister go to college yep where did she end up going she went to university of rhode island so she was two hours away okay um and did you see that as like, oh, it's cool that she's close? Or were you like, I'm getting the fuck away from here? <laughs> she definitely was like ready to go. And I was ready to see her gone. <laughs> but what I'm thing. saying like as like, an example, when you when it came time for you to pick mm-hmm. a college, was it like I also want to stay close or? <sighs> that that's a complicated question because (laughs) what else is going on when I'm picking a college is that I miss Chicago a lot. I missed our whole family was there. Yeah. It's there still. Um, Grandparents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, cousins. They literally all live in the same town, all close to each other. I missed that. I missed that community feeling. Um, So I ended up going to Purdue 12 hours away. So my sister was two hours away, and I feel like that is a good amount of distance for college. Because you can come home if you need to, but you're also far yeah. enough away that, like, you're not too involved. Yeah. But. You're like, I'm going back to Chicago. Yeah. Well, but Purdue, is it Indiana? No, is that Illinois? Indiana. It's, it's like Indiana, two right? yeah, hours okay. 
from Chicago, from okay. my girls in Chicago. So you're just always visiting family throughout college? Yeah, pretty yeah. frequently. I would go like two or three times a semester. What's funny is that, of course, once I got there, like I'm close with my parents. I'm very close with my parents. Yeah. So I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> why did I do that? So then it was like every single break, I'm traveling all the way back to Connecticut. Um, Make them come out there. Yeah, I mean, they would. They would, for sure. I don't regret going to Purdue because I love Purdue, but I regret going that far away. Okay. Yeah. Even now, looking back? Yeah, because I think it kind of blew up the family a little bit. How I think about it is that we had this huge thing where we moved to Connecticut, and we found out that that's not so bad. It's it's really daunting to move that far away, but then once you do it, it's kind of like... You guys yeah. got each other. Yeah, we yeah. have each other. It's no big deal. Shannon went, Shannon's my sister, went to Rhode Island, but she was still around. And then once I went to Purdue, it was like, okay, now we have this new dynamic of like, what does this look like for our family when one member is like really far away? Um, skipping way ahead. Now my parents are out in Denver. My sister's in Boston. I'm here in Michigan. <laughs> so it's like, that's why I say I kind of feel like it initiated the blow up in a way that yeah. we like figured out that we can be apart and still maintain those close That's a good lesson to learn. Most people don't ever learn that lesson. Yeah. <laughs> and then they end up staying in one spot their entire lives. Yeah. And I mean, there's trade-offs though, right? Like I wish I could just go over to my parents' house for dinner. <laughs> like yeah. I wish it always wasn't like a huge trip, but we're all, I think our boundaries are really good because we live so far apart that it's yeah. like, but do you also feel like you have gained some like cultural experience from living in different areas? Yeah, um, definitely. Which can be beneficial to your entire worldview. And oh, definitely. So. I mean, I I really stand by all of the decisions made. I stand by the decision. I mean, I didn't make this decision, but to go to Connecticut, yeah. I stand by that. That ended up being really good for us. I stand by going to Purdue because I got an amazing education. I stand by moving to Michigan because I love it here. And now I'm in this grad program and yeah. it's going great. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, trade-offs. Tell me what happens freshman year when you are out of the house, you're away from home for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> what is that look you just made mean? <laughs> that was also a tough time. Um, I started off as a genetics major Ooh. in college. But but what did like was it? Because this can usually go a few different ways, right? Yeah. It can be like, I've never had this sort of freedom before, yeah. or it can be like, I'm gonna stay in my room because I'm scared of everything. <laughs> All of those. Um, okay. My where I was going with starting off as a different major. My first semester there, I was scared shitless. I was like, I'm so far away from my family. My roommate ended up being from New Hampshire, so I at least had someone who was like in it with me and yeah, like yeah. understood also one of my best friends. Um, but first semester, I got there, hated my classes, was not excelling in it. I looked at the future classes and I was like, I don't really want to do any of this. Like, I fucking hate this. Um, and I was afraid of going out because I had not had any experience drinking or anything. Yeah. So I definitely a lot of time spent in the room by myself. I had friends, but nothing like close-knit yeah no nothing like that so like quarter life crisis if i was old enough for that yet i don't even know (laughs) to the extreme like i was thinking about dropping out which for someone high achieving was like yeah 
horrible, yeah. like horrible feeling. Um, ended up just changing majors to psychology. It was totally fine. But um, why psychology at the time? I had taken AP psych in high school and had felt so thoroughly interested in it. Unlike anything I've ever been interested in before. Did it explain stuff for you or did it, was it just like a, oh, people are weird. That. (laughs) (laughs) That's the, this is where sometimes I feel like a lot of people who go into psychology are kind of looking for the explanation side of it. And I was more just like, this is fucking awesome. Like, I love how complicated it is. I love how variable it is too. I, I just think it's a really cool field. Um, so once I changed majors and I started doing better in that way, then I started to go out. Never crazy, but yeah, yeah. kind of eased into. Eased into the partying. Eased into the partying yeah. and all that. So. Did that. Was that. So that was your first experience going into like large social situations yeah. with alcohol and yeah. like. <laughs> what, what did that look like for me? Well, I'm. Yeah. Was that. Because uh, that. I imagine even more so for for a woman can be a very scary situation. So that's a funny thing. Um, When I first house party I ever went to, um, my roommate took me and she had been going to parties like first semester. So I trusted her. Um, And we went to a party. There were like 10 of us. And I remember like standing there drinking for the first time in a party environment and I'm literally just standing there completely motionless and some dude (laughs) comes up behind me and starts like grinding on me completely not consensual. Like they have no idea who this man was. Yeah. Thanks guy. Um, And I remember freaking out. Like I was like frozen. Like what the fuck is this? Like my personal space. Funny enough, Ted, my now fiance was in that group of people and was standing across the circle for me and switched positions with like pulled my hand over switched positions with me and then the guy was grinding on him (laughs) it was hilarious um and that's when i met ted was him saving me at a party and we didn't even start dating until like a year later but that's a different story (laughs) but like um so yeah it was scary i i remember being scared but then it was kind of funny and i i feel like with parties once you find your people it feels a lot safer and that's a fun little meet cute though yeah (laughs) yeah and it's hilarious because my roommate had tried to set me up with somebody else um at that time and it was horrible like really bad date like he would not talk to me because he was so nervous and like whatever and i was too immature to recognize that that was happening so i was like fuck this guy like um and so after that happened, I remember my roommate being like, oh, well, I can set you up with Ted if you want. And I was like, no, like, I don't trust you after that shit. Like, I'm not going to let you set me up with anyone ever again until oh, I did a year later. Yeah. And it worked out. I'm curious. And this is silly, but I, I want to ask. Uh, not like waiting because you're what, like 20 or by the time you start going to these parties and stuff? 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. Was there any part of you when this guy's like grinding on you? Like, is there a like after school narrative where you're like, everything was right. This is just (laughs) every, all the warnings were correct. Yeah. A little, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like I'm not 
super into partying yeah, at yeah. all. And probably because that was my first experience that even like, <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Right. Like I should have stayed in my room. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. shouldn't have gone. Men are the worst. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> <it's true. laughs> As a man, I can tell you <laughs> we are the worst. Um, okay. Yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. So I feel like you're just like told these things. Yeah. And I'm probably like, again, more so when you're a woman. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. And then your, your first experience. Is it happened rando. like 20 minutes into the party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, this is not important, but literally at that same party, I remember like being with this other girl and she was like, oh, like these guys are like, want us to come hang out with them and i was like yeah sure whatever like let's go outside then and the guy was like oh let's go this way and literally brings us to this creepy creepy basement like dimly lit he was like oh there's a back door through here and i was like okay but the front door is like right there like why don't we just go out that way it just yeah it's it's not my environment it's not my favorite thing i actually found out later that that was a frat that had been disbanded for sexual assault problems thanks guys yeah thanks guys so jesus that was a place to start (laughs) that ended up being a good thing you didn't go down the yeah exactly (laughs) going crazy Um, that's not for me (laughs) all right so how does the rest of college go you meet your now fiance yes (laughs) yeah we started dating sophomore year i had been in a situation ship with a friend who treated me like absolute fucking garbage was that your first long-term relationship it was not a relationship it was okay. like a friends with benefits kind of situation okay except one friend me did not want to be friends had feelings did not go well for me as one can imagine um and that dude was a piece of shit so i remember like after that whole situation happened, I was kind of just like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, I'm ready to actually date someone who wants to be dating me. Yeah. Um, and that's when I let my roommate set me up with Ted. Um, and literally from the first date, it was like, oh, this is what it's like to be loved and respected. Right. That's, like, What a wonderful feeling. What a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Like, finally, after basically spending an entire semester being, like, used that's gotta feel like shit which felt like shit yeah. um it just felt really good to like have someone just like me for me and yeah. genuinely want to spend time with me and like i didn't have to pull teeth to get him to talk to me he just like wanted to yeah crazy <laughs> that's great yeah that had yeah. to feel really nice uh especially coming out of what you just described oh yeah i mean i think that's when a lot of this happens right is when you're kind of like okay I have now found out what does not work for me. You'd like to think that's the lesson people yeah. learn. <laughs> for me, that was the lesson. Is I was Some like, people take longer to learn that lesson. <laughs> Probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, we started dating and it was pretty obvious it was going to be pretty serious from the beginning. I mean, we were very obsessed with each other. Um, and then college went along and then pandemic hit my second semester junior year. So that sucked. Yeah. Uh, what, so just finish. <laughs> did you just finish out college like online? You're undergrad? Uh, sort of. So. That's crazy. Yeah. What really sucked is Ted is from Missouri. Okay. My family's still in Connecticut at this point. Yeah. So we all went home for spring break 
from Purdue. Never came. Never came back. I mean, they were basically like, we're extending spring break two weeks. Classes are going to be online. See you then. And then we all know that didn't fucking happen. Um, So there was like this very stressful moment. Ted and I had been dating for a year at that point. And we're still 21, right? So it's like, we're not really in the position to be making like major life yeah decisions we're both very much so dependent on our family for like finances and living and stuff so i'm in connecticut and he's in missouri and then all of a sudden we have to do long distance without any plan whatsoever like we didn't know we were going to do that so we never got to talk about like what that would look like for us or if we even wanted to do it right um which i feel like this whole situation is why i'm so confident in our relationship is because we figured it out um but we were doing long distance for like four months i mean it's the pandemic too so like you can't travel like there's like no hope of like okay when is this going to be over this can either be a two-week situation or it's going to be like four-year situation um and finally like we both were just kind of like we don't want to like sit at our parents house and not be together anymore because that sucks so we moved in together our senior year at purdue um like in indiana Mm -hmm. okay yeah, so we went back to Indiana. Our classes were, like, kind of a hybrid situation. Yeah. Purdue did a thing, because Purdue has such big lecture halls because it's such a big school, they did a thing where if the capacity was, like, 150 in a classroom, they'd put, like, a 20-person class in there with, yeah. like, 10 feet in between each desk. It was crazy. I don't even think it was, like, the right solution. <laughs> um, so we were back at school for our senior year doing that. Um, Just got an apartment. Yep. Yeah. What's it like moving in together? And and I imagine getting an apartment is going to be different than like a dorm. Yeah. Because you're going you're gonna to get all your stupid little crap that yeah. you need to live a life. Yeah. It was interesting because, um, I mean, so skipping ahead, I want to be a couples counselor. Yeah. So like it's like couples counseling 101 that like the decision to move in together needs to be a decision because you love each other and want to move in together, not because it's like convenient, right? Yeah. So that was a thing. It was half a thing for <laughs> yeah. us. I mean, it was very obvious that like- You got to learn all sorts of stuff about that person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was obvious we were going in that direction. And like at that point, we were spending all of our time at each other's places before we moved in. So like I- we both had a fairly good idea of what it was going to look like when we moved in together. Yeah. So it was like half the convenience of it's the pandemic and this way we can be safe, but still together. And then the other half of like, we do love each other and do want to take this step. We just probably weren't going to take it till we graduated college. Yeah. Um, but once again, I feel like that's what kind of reinforced the relationship to me is it genuinely went really well. Like, yeah. Which is crazy thinking about, like, it's a pandemic and we were sharing an 800 square foot apartment. Mm-hmm. Probably smaller if I'm thinking yeah. about it. Like A lot of couples broke up because of that exact Yeah, situation. they did. <laughs> and we made it work. I mean, we got a two-bedroom apartment specifically so we could both have space. Yeah. Um, the thing about Ted and I is we're both extremely rational thinkers almost to a fault. So, like, when we were doing this, it was, like, we had very clear conversations about, like, what do we want this to look like? What does this mean for our relationship? What's our backup plan if this doesn't work? Um, we but thought that's, like, that's a crazy amount of insight. And I don't know if maturity is the right word, but, like, to think about those things and have those conversations. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I'm going to celebrate 10 years of marriage this year. And like, I know plenty of people in my shoes that still can't have those conversations. Yeah. So that like, where does that come from? Yeah, that (laughs) comes from, I was born 30. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I'm saying logistically, like you, I'm assuming your parents have that sort of communication. Yes. Yeah. So you grew up watching that. Oh, for sure. And you're able to model like that's bravo. My parents are (laughs) fucking awesome. Yeah. Like genuinely, once again, I want to be a couples counselor because of my parents, because my parents growing up had such an amazing balance of recognizing when they had problems and letting us know, but never making it our problem. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. I there were a couple events. Um growing up where I remember it was like mom and dad don't seem to be getting along as well. I never saw fighting. Like yeah, yeah. they they were like really, really they good, good at, boundaries with Yeah, the kids really and, good boundaries. Yeah. And it was never like we're taking sides like, oh, your mother said this, like be on my side. Like oh, I hear those stories all yeah. the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, PSA, if you're a parent, don't talk shit about the other parent to your that. kids. <laughs> don't fucking Fuck. do that. But I remember them being very open about like hey, guys, your grandma's going to come make you dinner because we're going to couples counseling tonight. Like, I remember it being very open in a very positive way. And the side they were taking with each other was always their marriage. Like, and that was an amazing thing to witness growing up. Now that I'm kind of older and in this program, like, I can see how fucking rare that is to have that as a model. And I am so grateful for it. But... I think that's where a lot of these conversations came up with Ted is like he, I mean, amazingly, his parents' marriage is also very similarly solid. I mean, they have their things too, but like, I think it allowed both of us to be like, okay, this is our model. You talk through things with each other. (laughs) Like, if you love the person, you can figure it out kind of thing. Um, Yeah. And I think it really allows us both to have like a growth mentality with anything we face is like the pandemic was felt like a very big test at the time and we figured it out right like we figured out how to move in together that was awesome we figured out how to move to michigan together was awesome yeah so and i think i know this but even if i did i would still ask you for the Mm -hmm. sake of the the podcast the listener hey guys where uh why why did you come here (laughs) yeah great question um so i graduated purdue a semester early Sure you did. Yeah. We're all surprised. I know. I shouldn't have, though. I should have taken that extra semester. I love school. (laughs) Um, Don't worry, you're still in it. (laughs) Yeah, I am. (laughs) Um, So I graduated a semester early. um, Didn't know what I wanted to do at that point. I knew it was going to be grad school. Didn't know what kind of grad school. I didn't know if I wanted to, like, go for a doctorate and, like, do research, if I wanted to work in human resources on a more practical side. this is side. all essentially instilled as a given, I imagine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and so when I graduated, it's still like thick in the pandemic, right? And I was like, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I have this lease with my boyfriend for at least six more months. Um, so I ended up being a COVID tester, which is going to be fun in 50 years to what? tell people like back in my day, I was a COVID tester. Oh um, Can yeah, you was... please talk like that when you're older? <laughs> <laughs> I was a COVID tester for the school for six months while Ted was finishing up his degree. It's just like suit up and go shove swabs in people. Yep. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> I bet. Um, 
Wh- why? Because <laughs> it paid $20 an hour, Justin. Okay, fine, it yeah. was insane That's how much fair. it paid. It was awesome. <laughs> um, especially like you got to consider Indiana cost of living. My rent was $600 and I was getting paid $20 an hour working 50 yeah. hours a week. It was awesome. Yeah. I made so much money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but basically, I was just kind of like waiting it out to see what was going to happen with Ted because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that this relationship was really important to me. And we were kind of having that conversation of like, okay, college is ending. You know, he's from Missouri. I'm from Connecticut. What's that going to look like for us? Pick a third neutral state. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right smack dab in the middle of the two. Um, But he interviewed with GM. He's an engineer. Always has been super, super into cars. Um, So, I mean, there was like an idea that we were probably going to end up in Michigan because Car Central. Yeah, yeah. Um, So he interviewed with GM before... I even graduated like in October or November um, and he got the job and it was just such a good opportunity that it was like, well, duh. We were just talking about this the other day. It was barely a conversation. It was like, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And we moved to Michigan um, after he graduated. What's the number that would bring you here? Uh, here's more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and especially cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. It just kind of made sense to like let him take the wheel Knowing we wanted to stay together, um, I mean, it was still stressful. Like, I didn't have a job, right? Like, I moved out here and was like, okay, like, we have gone through all of these other tests of moving in together and it's working really well. But now, all of a sudden, I'm financially dependent on him. And that was, like, scary because that's not how I am. That's not how I was raised. Takes away your autonomy, your independence. Yeah. And luckily, Ted is Ted and he's the most amazing human being in the world and, like, would never exert control or power over that and looking back now in a lot of ways it like taught us how to have conversations about money which is obviously really important um especially if you're going on a couple's (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i don't know it was stressful for the first few months we lived here because i didn't have a job still didn't know what i wanted to do um he was getting acclimated at work we didn't know anyone here like literally no one so that's intimidating yeah um i end up getting a receptionist job at beaumont which fucking sucked real sucked i did that for a year um and that's what made me like finally like okay i gotta like figure out what i'm doing here because i was like i cannot live my life making shit money being abused by people yelled at for yeah. things that are out of my control. Yeah, I imagine they treat you like you are Mr. Beaumont. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then on top of that, it was a really toxic work environment. Like, um, I just remember having problems with someone and talking to my boss about it. And then she called the person in and was like, Courtney just told me that blah, 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 blah. And then it, it was bad. That is not how you do conflict <laughs> that is management. not how you do conflict management. Oh. It was really bad. It was also just the overwhelming feeling of like, you know, not to sound like an asshole, but like I'm too good for this in a way that it was just like I have a degree from a really good school yeah, and I'm not using it like I'm wasting it. And yeah. it, it felt horrible. Um, <laughs> I was literally driving to Rochester and drove past OU and I was like, huh, huh. I wonder what kind of programs they have there. Huh. 
And I was just kind of looking at the options and I was like, you know what makes so much sense is couples counseling because I took like a close relationships class in college. Loved it. Loved it. Have the story of like success with my own parents. Have the success with my own relationship. Like I I love couples. I think it's awesome. Like the yeah. dynamics that go on there are so complicated and so unique. Um, and just the idea of being able to teach people how to talk to each other is like really cool. Um, so yeah, that's how I landed in grad school. And here we are. Here we are. Will you tell me about getting engaged? Yeah, I will tell you about getting engaged. Um, it got to a point where it was like, okay, we've been together for like a while. We've moved to a whole state together. Of course it was a conversation. Of course. <laughs> Don't call me out like that. Um, yeah, and it we both were just kind of like all of this makes too much sense to like keep not being married. <laughs> I don't that sounds weird. Um that's the episode quote right there. Yeah. All this makes too much sense to not keep being married. Uh, um so yeah, we got engaged a year and a half ago. My sister was in the process of getting married at that time. So I was like I just won't plan a wedding for now which is its own thing. Um, But I was also, I think we were, what, 23 at that time. So I was like, I'm not in a rush. Like, I don't need to get married now. Um, Just want that ring, baby. Just want that ring. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, So, yeah, we get married in May, finally. Yay. We're coming up on five years together this week. It's been a a fun ride, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Lots of conversations, as you said. Yeah. That's all right. That's uh the communication is I mean, good for you wanting to go into that field. Yeah. That's the biggest issue I think with couples oh, yeah. is that communication. Yeah. Um I always want to work with couples and be that mediator because I feel like I'm good at helping people see other people's point of view for like sure. separating themselves. Yeah. But then I think about like being in those scenarios where they're like screaming at each other in mm-hmm. front of me and i'm like <laughs> and i don't want to do that at all but it, like it's is just it, part of it <laughs> is it bad to say that kind of excites me like I kind, like no that means you're then definitely go into feel, this yeah. yeah no something about it like i like i said i just think it's a really really cool and unique dynamic that most people experience yeah um so there's value in yelling at each other too there's value in going to someone's office and having the space to air it out and figure out like, okay, so we just said all this stuff. What are we actually going to do with it? Yeah. Um, you know, even in like cases where ultimately it ends up being divorce, like the idea of being that person that can make it at least 10% more amicable for people. Yeah. Love it. Love the idea of that. So um, does that, does Michigan? Yes. Have a, like a, are you going to be like an LMFT? Yeah, probably. Okay. I need to look into that. Can do all the any fun certifications? Gonna be a sex therapist? I don't know. Ashley's making me think I want to be. Big part of couples. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's obviously gonna be an element of that for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I. It sounds silly because we're coming up on practicum, so you would have thought that I'd like think about this a little harder. But like, I definitely need to start making some moves and decisions. I've actually been relieved to hear the same thing over and over again from people that like supervise interns and that sort of thing Mm -hmm. which is like you'll find out what you want to do while you're doing it yeah Um, totally so i haven't like written off 
things. There's things that I'm pretty sure I don't fucking like. Same. But, <laughs> um, but I'm also trying to like go into everything with an open mind and being like, yeah, maybe I will. Yeah. That, I mean, that's how I feel too, right? Like the goal is couples counseling, but I'm also like, if I never see a couple and I find out that I love individual therapy, like yeah. I'm good with that. Like for some reason, 65 year old men, that's my day. Yes. <laughs> I'm just really good at them. I don't know what it is, but that's what happening. That feels um, unlikely, but I'm open to yeah. it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, well, I guess we're current. Is yeah. there anything I didn't ask you about you want to talk about? Not really. Okay. That's all the stuff. That's Courtney. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the new Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> new Courtney. Yeah. When the old Courtney moved away. Yeah. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. For doing this. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's not so bad, huh? No, not at all. <laughs> Did you forget this is here? Yeah. Yes. And that the headphones were on. You're right. I got used to it. You and I have lots in common. My request is sent. Would you like to be my friend? Would you like to be my friend? All right, you just heard my interview with Courtney Davis. I had such a great time sitting down with her. Um, and we we had a really good conversation about, I guess, a lack of trauma. And I'm trying to remember if it was in the episode or not. But it's almost like a version of survivor's guilt, right? Like, oh, I didn't have my, like, my shit wasn't as fucked up as other people. Um, that's, uh, scientific terms there. Sorry. Didn't want to talk over your head. Um, and then you feel bad about that, right? Like if you're in a scenario or a situation where everybody's having a shitty time, it's like all the people that like good stuff happened to, the, to them, like during the height of the COVID pandemic, right? Like that's, that is a tough thing to deal with because, Part of you wants to be like, yay, I accomplished stuff. I did stuff. But then you're saying that about a period when a lot of people struggled. Some people died. And that can be hard to allow yourself to experience joy, relief, whatever those positive feelings are when they are being contrasted against other people's pain. That's a tough thing to do, man. Um, and I, I think she spoke eloquently about it. And I think that's uh, the the unevolved version of me would just say, like, fuck that. Feel however you want. Um, but I get it. Like, that's that's tough. That's And you can frame that in a lot of ways. I mean, the COVID thing, hopefully a lot of people relate to that, you know, like if you experienced positive things during a negative time, you know, or uh, a severe version of that kind of warped severe version of that. Maybe they're an abusive parent and they die and you're like, well, fuck, I'm feeling a lot of weird things. That's not the same at all. Is it? Um, <laughs> either way, um, I really, I had, I had such a great time talking with Courtney and we only got, I think, one one left from my my fellow grad students that have sat down with me for this podcast. And then after that, I have one of the maybe most high energy classmates from high school. Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm excited to share that one with you guys. And after that, who knows? 
not me. I got nothing recorded. <laughs> oh, I'm busy, man. Part of me is like, do I want to reach out to people and record more episodes? Or do I want to just take a, an indefinite break? Because, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot of stuff. And I got, I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, more than usual. You know, usually when I have a lot of stuff going on, it's it's my own shit, right? It's like I am bought a fucking sewing machine and I'm writing songs and I created a 10th podcast and like all this other stupid crap. But right now it's like, oh, I'm seeing clients. I'm in classes. I'm uh, speaking at events. Like it's stuff that is impacting other people positively. <laughs> Uh, and I know that this podcast does that, but I don't always see that right in front of me. So it can sometimes be difficult to justify spending my efforts on this as opposed to the other stuff that I can see the results from. So just thinking out loud, I guess I hope you guys have a great president's day. I'm sure you celebrate privately and I will, uh, I'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye-bye.